Welcome to the 131st episode of the Young Turps Podcast from the Viner Forget Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're just talking about the Maryland-Minnesota game. We will have a full Terrapin rundown and basketball preview coming up later this week. But for now, we're going to talk about the Terps' 52-10 defeat in Minnesota. But before we talk all things Terps in Minneapolis, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linen, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today, contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, you made the trip over to Minneapolis to see the Terps. First off, let's hear your initial thoughts on Minnesota game day experience. Well, I was uh, pleasantly surprised about the Gophers game day experience. Uh, the stadium, TFC Bank Stadium, or, or TFC Bank Field up there, was uh, very nice. It has a really cool look to it with the um, actual seats in the center-ish area of the stadium. It's bung up Minnesota on one side, Gophers on the other side, with the old school bleachers and the rest of the facility. Um, it looks... I'd say smaller than it actually is with about 52,000 capacity, I believe. Maybe 50, somewhere around there. I believe it's 60, actually. No, it's not anymore. It was when the Vikings were playing there, but it's significantly reduced since they left. Um, very nice stadium. Nice crowd. Um, had that old school look to it where there's only one concourse and there's stairs that go up to the bleachers or down, depending on where you are. Um... I was a little disappointed that they didn't sell out because it was it was a really nice day. Three thirty start time, two thirty start time Central. Uh, number seventeen ranked team, undefeated. But the fans that were there were loud. They um, really were. They could feel their presence. Students did a nice showing. Uh, there's a lot of tradition there. You can see it in their um, Minnesota chants and their fight song. Good game day experience. Wish there was more of a game to see. Yeah, and one of the things that I hear a lot about Minnesota is that they have a lack of student support, and it's one of the few schools, I mean, there are a lot in the Big Ten, but one of the few schools around the country that students actually have to buy football tickets as an opt-in. It's not like Maryland where you pay an activity fee regardless, and that covers your tickets. In Minnesota, you have to buy season tickets if you're a student. I did not know that. Uh, Still a decent student showing, though. Um, It should be a great atmosphere when they play Penn State in a couple weeks. Very disappointed that that Minnesota-Penn State game got a noon start time, though, 11 o'clock Central. Don't know how that happened. It should have been, I think, one of the feature games of that week. But whatever, Minnesota's having a great year, 13, number 13 in the country now, 8-0 for the first time since um, 1960, I believe, when they won the national championship. A lot of excitement around the program. Um, might not like him, or at least I don't. P.J. Flex done a great job there. Yeah, he has, and you can definitely see, I mean, continuing now moving on to the game, up front in the trenches, P.J. Flex done a great job of getting size. Fourth biggest offensive line in the country. I believe it is a top 10 defensive line in size in the country, including a guy that's 6'9 and 400 pounds that starts for Minnesota at offensive. I think it's guard. Um, that's really where this game was run. Even though Maryland has been able to beat and beat Minnesota by quite a few points, especially last year when they topped the goal in the Gophers 42-13, and then the year before where they stole a game with Max Bortenschlager in a quarterback uh, Saturday was a different story. 
Yeah, it certainly was. Um, Minnesota really flexed why they deserve their ranking on the Terps, and Maryland has left with a little bit of soul-searching after this one. Um, score 52-10, to 10, it really did feel like a blowout of that magnitude, too. Although, maybe not as much as you would have said in other games, but still, in this one, it just was a couple plays that went wrong, and that sent the Terps careening. The first play of the game, I believe, was Piggy throwing an interception to a Minnesota D-back, Although it definitely was not his fault, as Dante Demas made one of two interception-causing drops oh, Jordan, on that play. Uh, it was partially his fault. I did not see that. I mean, if you're Tyrell Pigroom, how are you going to throw that ball as fast as you possibly can and go behind the receiver? Yes, it hit him in the hands. Yes, it should have been a completion. But it's not all on Demas. I mean, throwing the ball behind a guy as fast as you can. And I mean, that ball was cooking. That's one of the fastest throws that I've seen, I think, uh, any quarterback I, have. You could throw some blame at Piggy for over maybe putting too much juice on the ball and also hitting him a little bit high, but still, <clears throat> Demas has been one of the best receivers all season, and you gotta catch that ball, or at least not tip it right to the safety's hands. But again, that's not the tone for the game. Um, Minnesota went on to score 28 straight points after that, and the Terps got a field goal at the end of the first half, but the game was over by the time it was 21 nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe if you're a Maryland, a jump start, a big jump start play like you've had. A uh, few times been able to produce a big play would have kind of gotten you back into the game. But as far as the game overall, a few interceptions by Tyrell Pigrom really finished the game. I mean, it started the game as the second play of the game. And then the pass, the second one that went right through the hands of Demas, that was an interception for a touchdown, really, uh, I mean, finished it. You're looking at a team right now, if you're Maryland, that needed to start fast against Minnesota. Minnesota... While they were the number 17 in team in the country, if you came out and scored a touchdown on them on that first drive, you would have set the tone of, you know, we beat you last year and we can do it again, regardless of if you're 7-0 now and whatever you were last year. But we're still a better team than you. You've had that chance in this game, and it seems like they just completely, literally dropped the ball right into the hands of Minnesota and let them get confidence early on that they were, you know, they got Minnesota believing in themselves early in this game that, Maryland was just another team they could walk over, and that's the exact opposite of what your goal had to be if you were Maryland. Yeah, it, that's a pretty good way to describe it. Actually, I don't know how much more you can really say about it. Maryland, as Michael Oxley said in his press conference, once again played to the score. They got behind early, and they just looked like they kind of lost their fight. They seemed like they were cold. They, were, they didn't want to be there, and they just got steamrolled. Now, it didn't help when Tyrell Pogrom got injured again. And yes, that was later in the game, but that seemed to sap all the rest of the fight out of the team, in my opinion. Tyler DeSue came in, only goes 4 for 12 on the game with 88 yards. He had one nice throw down the chute. That was a touchdown to, I believe, yes, Teon Fleet Davis. But even that was in garbage time. Maryland could not get any pressure. They had zero sacks in this game. I don't know if they had a quarterback pressure in this game. Minnesota absolutely dominated them up front with 321 yards on the ground. Uh, Rodney Smith of Minnesota became the school's all-time, all-purpose yardage leader, so congrats to him. Four touchdowns on the ground for the Gophers. We, we are just... I... I don't mean to be rude to Minnesota, because hats off to them. I'm rooting for them in the Big Ten this season. They are having a great year, and um, I hope they beat the crap at Penn State in a couple weeks, and I hope they win the Big Ten, honestly, at this point. But... It's different when you get steamrolled by Minnesota than if you get steamrolled by Penn State or Ohio State or Wisconsin. 
it just feels different. It feels like it just feels worse. I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe we are. It gets you questioning your status as a program, at least for me. It makes you wonder if we really are maybe in that bottom, bottom tier of the Big Ten. Because this season, we've done nothing to prove that, in my opinion. I would have to agree with that. I mean, this team, as far as especially offensive and defensive line play is concerned, is at the bottom of the Big Ten. I mean, they are, they are better than Rutgers. They blew the doors off of Rutgers. But you got to look at us up front. I mean, Ola with Timmy and Kieran Howard are the size of linebackers. Tyler Baylor, Shaq Smith, Keandre Jones, Bryce Brand are linebackers. And those are the guys that we have playing um, defensive line for us. If you're Mike Loxley, you are fighting, at this point, in my opinion, the biggest uphill battle in the Big Ten. In the Power Five. You are fighting more of an uphill battle than Les Miles. You are fighting more of an uphill battle than Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. Because, yes, Durkin gave you all these great skill players, but every offensive lineman that seems like, and defensive lineman that he recruited, are worse than the ones that he inherited from Randy Etzel. They're undersized. They were grabbing at fool's gold with four-star guys that, frankly, there's a good amount of them that aren't playing or aren't at the school anymore, like an Adam McClain that Maryland at this point desperately needed to be in there this year. That, I don't even know, what you, you're you almost in complete teardown mode because if you look at what Maryland's recruited so far, they have uh, Newton, who's from down here in Florida, and, and Trey Smith, who is out of, I believe it's Frostburg, Maryland. I was looking at their size and weight. You're looking at two guys that are 6'3", and yes, those are bigger guys, most likely bigger guys than what we have up front or on par with them. But we need some guys that are 6'5 and 4 or 350. They don't necessarily even need to be able to move well. We just need to be able to get guys in here, develop talent. We need size. Every once in a while, it doesn't hurt for you to have a guy that's big and not the best football player, but at least can hit the guy in front of them or hold their own in the middle. We need pure beef. This is, a, this is not the Big 12. The reason why I said that this is a bigger uphill battle is look at what Minnesota did. They could have gone with that guy, number 17, Seth Green, in their quarterback and ran quarterback power the whole game, and I don't know if Maryland would have won the game or stopped them, or the score would have been any different. Jordan, do you think so? No. no I don't know. How else. You're right. Like We are so outclassed in this conference now. I don't know how we ended up going backwards, but it certainly feels like we did. Maybe the conference got better, but I don't think so. It seems like we got worse, and it's it just really sucks. It's hard to watch this team now. You don't feel like you can win every, any game on the schedule. At least I don't. And that's Maybe the un- I mean that's the unfortunate thing. Despite what we all think about Randy Etzel, look at the defensive line that he brought into his first year in the Big Ten. Or maybe not the first year. Whatever year they beat Michigan and Penn State was that the first year? Uh, I think it was the second. They had Yannick Ngakwe, who is a near-all-pro uh, outside linebacker, a Russian in the, in the NFL, and Andre Monroe, who still holds the sack record at Maryland. They had the top two guys in sacks at Maryland that were on that team. Plus, they had guys like Cole Ferrand, who just had all this fight. I mean, you look at a guy like Chance Campbell, Jermaine Carter. These guys have fight. But if you look at that Randy Etzel defense, whatever you want to say about Randy and his staff, 
Look at what we were doing then. Look at the teams that we beat then, or competed with at least, or didn't lose 52-10, to 10, or didn't lose 66-3. to 3. And look at what we have now. Durkin did a great job of recruiting um, skill position players, but up front, the guys that he brought in just did not pan out. Cam Spence not playing football anymore. Austin Fontaine switched sides of the line. Gaddy switched sides of the line. The other Gaddy at this point might as well, I mean, not be on the team. He can't do anything. You're at the point where you're in pure desperation mode, and you need to start taking offensive and defensive linemen. Look at Juco. Look at the transfer portal. Just get size in here and get guys that were not out height and outweighted by, you know, 40 or 50 or, I mean, frankly, even 100 pounds because I don't know how many guys that Maryland has that are 350 that can really hold their own in the middle. We have got to get size on this team, and we got to get guys that want to play football and punch someone in the mouth. Now, do I think... Mike Loxley is doing that. I'm going to say yes. He's not grabbing at whatever four stars he can get. Everyone's complaining about this recruiting class, but at the end of the day, Durkin was bringing in top 25 classes, and look at where we are where we are now. We're worse off than with the guys that Randy Etzel brought in. So maybe Loxley's on to something, trying to get this program back with you know a mindset, along with some skill, doing more scouting, doing more less grabbing at the stars, and doing more. Uh, behind-the-scenes scouting work and getting the right guys to be in his program. And if that's what he's doing, then I'm all for that. But look, look at what we have right now, and then stop complaining about the recruiting class. That's the only thing I can say. Well, that segues pretty well into our poll that I put out um, after the Minnesota game because I didn't feel like... Well, on TV, I don't... I think Jeff Ehrman put this on Twitter. Maybe Scott Green did. Whoever did, shout out. Um, the guys on... Um, it's Scott Green. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he. they questioned on national television if Mike Loxley was the right guy for our program. And first off, wow, that's a lot after only eight games, but I understand why they asked. And I put a poll out on our Young Turp Twitter account, follow us at Young Turp 1. And on a scale of four to one, four being the highest, one being the lowest, how much do you believe in Mike Loxley as our head coach? Um, I'll segue this in half. One or two got 52%, and four or three got 48%. The highest single rating was one, second was three. So, I mean, I think it says a lot. Although many people are overreacting. It's very possible. Maybe I'm overreacting too. But it says a lot when over half of your fan base is a one or a two on the trust scale for you. They're below 50% on trust. Yeah, and I'm just going to point this out right now. Maryland did not have a good showing, but whoever the guy that was doing the the color uh, analyst job in this game absolutely despised Maryland. And Quint Kesnick and the guy that was doing play-by-play did not do a very good job of saying, well, hey, look at this, look at that. But there wasn't much to say, hey, look at this, and look at this positive that they that there was out there in this game. But, I mean, that's kind of a question that needs to be asked. You're looking at a guy that was 3-31 and at New Mexico. Everyone likes to bring up excuses for that, but... Everybody that seemed to be bringing up excuses for that now seems to be saying, oh, well, look at the guy that we hired that was 3-31. and 31. I mean, pick one side or the other. This is the man's first year. Yes, it kind of looks like Randy Etzel taking over from Ralph Regan's first year, but we already had a team that, frankly, had a lot of quit in them. Now you're taking away Derwin Gray, Damian Prince. I mean, Jermaine Carter's been gone now. Um, Tino Ellis is hurt. You look at all the injuries plus... Where you were coming into the season with a few guys deciding to transfer after last year's debacle and all of that. This team is not good. 
Yes, they had some good high-flying showings, but since then, a lot of the guys that were involved in that were injured or their confidence is absolutely nothing. I mean, he put Josh Jackson in for, what was it, three plays? And it was obvious that he was still hurt, and he missed a wide-open guy. I don't even know. talk about that. Maryland is an absolute skeleton of what they were when they beat Syracuse and Howard at the beginning of the season. They've lost so many guys that were important to what they were doing. I mean, I don't think Daryl Jones is back from injury. And that's the guy that set the tone in the Syracuse game. Anthony McFarlane is still hurt. Yes, there are a lot of other teams that either run a scheme where they have more guys that can run it than Maryland does or whatever they're doing, but we are obviously not that team. When we came into the season and we did that preview with Jordan, myself, Dave Monaco, and Wayne, it was made kind of quite obvious that Maryland's got about 24 guys, and I believe they're on about 31 right now, which means you got seven guys that do not belong out there. You're Dante Banks, Vincent Flight, uh, Fofi Bazzi, those kinds of guys that are playing in the games that really just do not belong on a Big Ten football field, and at this point it's obvious. All right, well, back to what I was saying. The Josh Jackson possession, I... I put a tweet out. I'm gonna just gonna read it if I can find it here. I tweet a lot during this game. Um, here it is. So I asked, "Why is Josh Jackson in? If we're gonna start Piggy, then stick with him until he does something benchworthy." Yeah, that pass was a little bit overthrown, but it's hard to track that. It was really his fault. Yes, Jordan. Okay, let me talk about that pass for one second. Mike Loxley, more than anything, I believe hates them when they turn the ball over. At this point, DeSue has to be the quarterback. Because the one thing that I see Tyler DeSue not doing is firing the ball over wide-open guys' heads, and I think that's really what's killing Michael Oxley and killing the offense. But I'll leave it at that. That's why I took him out of the game. Okay, but why did you put Josh Jackson in? Uh, he kind of answered this at the press conference. He said that he saw him out there. He missed the open um, running back, I believe, and he just didn't think he was ready to play. But it looked really bad. Just optics-wise, it looked like he didn't want to start Piggy to begin with, which maybe was the case. I don't know. It looked like he was, it looked like he was favoring Josh, favoring Josh Jackson, which I know a lot of people on the boards and such have had an issue with that they feel like he's favoring him. I don't really see it, but optics-wise, it was not a good situation. Yeah, um, he is favoring him. Josh Jackson is here because of his relationship with Michael Loxley. That's that's Loxley's guy, and when Loxley is on you, I believe Wayne has said this. When Loxley is on you, he's on you. That's you're his guy. You're playing through no matter what, just like Josh was. He's gonna put Josh Jackson out there. I think he should go with DeSue for the rest of the season because I don't know what kind of future Josh Jackson has at this school. I don't really know what the quarterback situation is gonna look like moving forward. Even with everything that I know about this program and all the guys that they've recruited, I don't really know what this quarterback situation is gonna look like moving forward. But Tyler DeSue, in my opinion, garbage time or not, executed the offense the best out of any of the three of them in this game. You're playing Michigan, and it kind of brings me back to that Randy Etzel-Michigan game where he threw Caleb Rowe out there, and it was an absolute mess. I believe they lost the game 28-3. Put Tyler DeSue out there. We've seen what Josh Jackson has. Ever since that Temple game, he's looked like an absolute mess. We've seen what Piggy has. He's close enough to, to, to lose. Or it's either close enough to lose or a blowout. We have not seen many wins that Tyrell Pigrome has earned. Well, he's also hurt. I, probably, I doubt he's coming back this season. 
That too, that completely slipped my mind. Let's go with the Sioux. Let's see what we have out of this guy. You know, run the same offense. Run your RPO offense. Run those same slant routes. That w- This is what hurts me the most with Maryland football at the moment. When you see them execute at the beginning of the game, it seems like every game they've had that slant route for a touchdown or had a touchdown play like they did against Purdue. Um, uh, they scored against Indiana. The slant is still there. The RPO still works. The quarterbacks have not been able to make the pass. Let's go to DeSue and see what he's got. Let's go to even, uh, at this point, even Lance. Find somebody that can make that pass. I don't care if he's playing tight end right now in the scout team. Find somebody that can make your slant pass and run in the RPO offense. Execute what you want to do at the beginning of the season. I Really, at this point, it's time for Mike Loxley to show us something inspiring against a good team. This week, you're playing against a Michigan team. While they looked great against Notre Dame, they've had games where they dropped the ball on the ground and lost it four times in one game. So let's throw everything at them. Whatever you were saving for a team that you looks like you can beat, like a Nebraska or a Michigan State late in the season, put it out there. It's homecoming. You're showing up in this flashy uniforms. And another chance on ABC, go out there and please showcase what you have. Everyone's tired of you playing Josh Jackson. Put Tyler to sue in. Let's at least see what some of these kids have. Let's see what Tyler Baylor can do. Let's see what these guys can do because our starters are not working. Plan A did not work. Yes, the RPO passes are open, but for some reason we can't find a quarterback that can run it. Yes, we get to the quarterback every once in a while, but for some reason we cannot bring him down. Let's do something different. Just find another game plan at this point. Do something. Because right now what we're doing in our scheme is just infuriating our fan base. That's all I have to say. All this coaching staff is doing right now is losing people's confidence. They're not changing up what they're doing. And frankly, it's just kind of sad. I don't know if there's anything else to say. Um, one of the more disappointing weeks in recent Maryland memory, and that's saying a lot. And you know what's, you know what, Jordan, you know what's actually uh, the most well, disappointing thing? Okay. Is that everyone had so much belief that Maryland could even beat this undefeated Minnesota team, and that's the performance that they put out there. That's what actually gets to me. It's not Ohio State. You know, I know you mentioned this earlier. It's not Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan. It's Minnesota, and there were a lot of people that thought Maryland could go up there and beat Minnesota, and frankly, losing 52-10 to 10 did not do anybody any favors. I don't know why people had that belief to start with. Because and Maryland I, beat Minnesota 42-13 to 13 the year before, and then beat them the year before that with Max Bortenschlager in a quarterback. That's why. Oh, I, I didn't think we were going to – I didn't have any belief we were going to win, and I don't understand how Maryland fans did. I, I, I heard your reasons. It just sounds – you know what the problem with this? It sounds like homerism to me. It sounds like you believe we were better, even though we see, saw no evidence to indicate we were better. And this Minnesota team, and I kept saying it, is pretty good. They beat, I, I don't know. Look, I, I can explain all day to you why they beat South Dakota State by seven. They beat Georgia State by like three. Fresno State by three. If you look at their schedule, they did not look like the strongest opponent. That's true, but they also won their last three games they won every one of the last three games by more than 20 points. I don't know why. People thought they could win the game. Bottom line is, regardless of the reason, people thought they were going to win the game. And they they lost 52-10. to That's also true. And that's probably as best as you can wrap it up, is people thought we were going to win this game and we lost 52-10. to That's pretty much it. Yep, I would agree. I'm not looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh, It seems like it's going to be a bit of a grind. Um... 
Heck, you just want to give your prediction for Michigan now, or we're doing a basketball preview next episode? Uh, we'll talk Michigan uh, predictions, I, I guess, after the Tuesday press conference when we hear about the quarterback situation. That's really the only thing that I'm waiting to hear on for my prediction, and I'll go ahead and wait on it. On the other hand, the uniforms for this weekend look sick. Yeah, they look great. I wish we had uh, wish we had more enthusiasm to wear them with. Yeah, I mean, one last point is Maryland on social media was saying, we believe in ourselves, all we need is you to believe, and then you put out that performance. That's where I'll leave it. Actually, no, one more thing. At least, you know, they didn't lose like that when they had a sold-out stadium and uh, have finally had a night game. Oh, wait, they already did lose like that earlier this year. That's where I'll leave it. Are you sure? Yes, 100%. All right, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors on this podcast, Biner Four Gates in Rockville. For all of your business IT needs, Biner Four Gates is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900. Allied Party Rentals in Beltsville, Maryland is the place to go for all of your party rental needs, big or small. You can visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. As Jordan just mentioned, we'll be back later this week with a lot of hope for our Maryland team, the Maryland basketball team. We'll be talking all about what we expect to see from the Terps and Jalen Smith this season. Really high hopes out of the fan base. Really high hopes, I believe, out of Jordan and I. I really have not talked to Jordan much about this. And we'll have that episode out hopefully on Wednesday or Thursday. Definitely by Thursday. Hopefully by Wednesday. With all that being said, check in later this week. And as always, thanks for listening.